0: Your favorite Lagos Talks podcasts are now available on all online podcast platforms. Simply search for Lagos Talks 913 on your preferred podcast platform. Lagos Talks 91.3.
1: Join the conversation. Alrighty, righty. A very good afternoon. It is 37 minutes past 12.00 this beautiful wednesday as you already know i have a very special episode of directions and it is tagged conversations with my father and i know that there are so many people that have been looking forward to this i I believe that this is like the most anticipated interview yet in my career i already did announce this a couple of days ago and today is the day So I would start by saying that I will be introducing to you a very remarkable individual who has been very pivotal in shaping me as a woman. And, of course, the track record that he has so beautifully put out in his lifetime has been such an inspiration to people. And um, it's such a great honor To not only see that happen or play out right before my eyes, but to also get that opportunity to be able to call this person my father. Of course, I call him daddy and he is here. I will take it a step further to give a proper introduction, just breaking down a little bit about him before we actually get into the conversation. But I would like for us to hear his voice. Hello, daddy.
0: Hello, baby. (laughs) How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Great. So now you've heard his voice, who is Chief Chukuma Sunday Igwe. He was born in Jos Plateau State, um, on Sunday, the 19th um, day of July, 1953. That's a long time ago, guys. That's why he's 17 today. Not long after his birth, did his parents move to Kanu to actually establish a new abode. This move was a significant growth in the life of young Chuma. He later moved to the United Kingdom through um, Stockport College, Brighton, and finally to University of Strathclyde, Glasgow, where he obtained his M.S.E. degree in international marketing, returning to Nigeria in 1980, and at the conclusion of his NYSE, he joined Nigerian breweries um, as a district sales manager in 1982. He held so many positions within Nigerian breweries until his retirement in 2008 as corporate communications executive. Following his retirement, he partnered with his former colleagues to establish a marketing and communication consultancy firm, which continues to Thrive, a committed Christian and father in his church. Um, Chuma was raised as a committed Christian. He was raised as a member of Christ Holy Church, a gift that his parents gave to him. He currently holds the position of chairman of the International Men's Fellowship of Christ Holy Church. And he has remained actively involved in advocacy for through Dindi Bolegos, where he has held sway as the organization's personal um, general secretary. And as a young man, he fell in love with a young Chinelo in 1977, who is my mother. They got married in 1978, and they're blessed with five beautiful children, of which I'm a part of, and six grandchildren. I make welcome to you Mr. Chukuma Igwe. Welcome, Daddy, once again.
0: Thank you, baby.
1: Okay, Daddy. So I, I mentioned that this is going to be purely conversations with my father. You know, I've been doing this for about like seven years, and I know that there are people who have probably been listening to me who can describe you a little bit because I make a lot of references to you. Mm-hmm. There are some people even go, who go af, as far as even asking after you to just make sure that you're doing well. So I just want us to, you know, begin... Where it all began, right? Because the essence of this conversation is for you to tell us, you know, teach us, make known to us seven things that you've learned in 70 years. By the way, it's his birthday today, 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 today. So happy birthday again, daddy. So I want, I want you to take us down memory lane. Where did it all begin for you as True Migrate? You know, life begins at different occasions for people. You know, some people might be when they were born. Some might be specific, you know, milestones in their lives. But for you, where, where did it all begin?
0: No, for me, thank you very much for that uh, introduction, by the way. You're welcome. It makes me look very good. <laughs> I mean, it's um, all thank you. Thank you for that. On my, today being my birthday, I am entitled to all the good things people can say to me. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, your question. Um. Yes, I was born in Joss, but actually I got to realize myself as me in Kano.
1: Okay.
0: But I know that every bit of time you spend on earth would have some meaning to your life. Mm-hmm. Because w- when I look through Joss... After Kano, I didn't know anything when I was in Jos. Mm. I was just a baby. Yes. But if you look at the serenity of Joss, the climate, the people, and the food, you would know that the goodness of Joss started having something to do with me even before I was born. Okay. Because uh, my mother grew up in Jos. Mm-hmm even though she's Igbo, but she grew up in Jos, met my father in Jos. Mm-hmm. So, but in Kano, I became conscious of myself in the real sense, because we, Kano was a major cosmopolitan city.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: At that time, we were truly all Nigerians. And by the way, you know, like I tell some people, The international airport of Nigeria was in Kano. Kano was the entry point for everybody coming into Nigeria through the air. Hmm. Before maybe in the early sixties, it moved to Ikeja. So in Kano, we all knew ourselves. We enjoyed growing up as children, Hmm. people from different parts of Nigeria. And it's a lot of nostalgia for me. To think of what it would have been if there wasn't experience the
1: sound like it. never before.
0: So Kanu was truly really beautiful to me.
1: And I like the fact that you 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 did mention you know when we were truly all Nigerians, and it's quite interesting a man that. Is very you know vocal and embodies his culture as an Ibo man from Anambra State, born in the north. I, I want to know how that shaped you as an individual as well, um, because you seem to have a lot of nice memories growing up north. By the way, can you can you still speak Hausa? Kadan
0: Kadan. Okay, all right.
1: So let me know how that shaped you as an individual, as an Ibo man who was living in Jos at the time.
0: Yes. Uh the effect was great because when I recall Kano I recall it with a lot of happiness mm. the thing the people in the south particularly in the east regarded people from Kano or the north as free spirited mm. people who are like don't really care so much about things Yeah, we we were never too serious about life like the people in the East. For mm, the people in the East, life was on a very fast pace. pace. Mm-hmm. You know, people trying to get this, get this, get that. But in Kano, it was slow paced. And uh, we were generally considered too nice to be to the realities of life. Interesting. They call You know in Igbo, there is a way they refer to people from Kano okay. who are Igbo people. They call them Ndeba Akwomi. Okay. <laughs> uh, that that's mean? people known for no problem. Oh, okay. Yeah, not important. So whenever you greet them, they say no problem. Oh, no problem. Hmm. So that is how they refer to us. And it was good. Because really... Life should not have the kind of problem we are seeing now. Yes, mm-hmm.
1: and I like the fact that you you mentioned that you you know there was this niceness that came when you were there as well, where it didn't seem to be a, a place or a situation where anyone was suspicious of anyone. You know, you were free free spirited. You know, from what you've said, mm-hmm. so I want to know how that affected you because. Of course, moving away from the north into the several other places that you might have lived. Because I know that your mom lived in different places. You know, I know that my brother was born in Port mm-hmm. So it was a period where you were living in Port as well. So I, I want to know, you see, that that trait in itself, that niceness, would you say that, that was a that was a blessing or, for lack of a better description, a curse? Because... Moving away from the north into maybe other parts of Nigeria where things might have been different, people might have been different, how would you say that that niceness, so to speak, that you developed when you were up north affected you for, you know, the, the rest of your journey?
0: Yeah, baby, you forget, you forget to, okay, I didn't mention it when I was talking earlier, that I'm also an abba boy. okay. And that when the crisis came and we left Kano, mm-hmm. I came to with my parents to Abba.
2: Hmm.
0: And most of my teenage years, were spent in Abba. Interesting. So Abba formed hmm. the other part of my character, which I needed to navigate the world. Hmm. If I had ended up as a Kano boy, I would have been I would have grown up in such a nice way or too nice mm. uh, to be realistic about life.
1: Interesting.
0: But the abba aspect toughened me. Mm.
2: It
0: it brought out a part of me which gingered sense of survival, hard work, and uh, I think Lionheart. Hmm. Because Abab boys were essentially referred to Abab boys. Okay. <laughs>
2: if you get what I mean. I do get what you
0: mean. Yeah. So so it it brought a Because in those days, when any, any football club or Abab Giant killers go for football match, either in Inugu, they will always fight. They come to people's town. They play football, they fight them, <laughs> and they go away. And there is a sense of community in Aba that you don't really see any place. Because when they are going to go for football, vehicles will just line up the, uh, the Asa Road, mm-hmm. which was the main. Uh, and it, those vehicles were free, donated by businessmen. And people will just jump into the vehicle, they go to Enugu or to Onitsha, or Portrak or mm-hmm. they play football. They beat them up, they come back. Yeah. <laughs> so that is the ab- aspect that I imbibed in a very responsible way. Absolutely. That helped me to kind of know that this world is not a bed of roses.
2: Hmm. Yeah. And I'm
1: just speaking about this world not being a bed of roses. Let's, uh, you know, take a trip down to 1967 during... The civil war because i know that you have told us several stories about it yeah. and i would like for you to take us there right now um i, I want to know what that was like for you because you had mentioned that on several occasions they had taken you to draft you in like the army so that mm-hmm. you could fight but you just always had a way of you know escaping T- tell us how that was like and take us down memory yeah um the civil
0: war started in 1967 And by 1968, we also left Aba to the village Mm -hmm. in Aguatabu, my hometown. Now, there is this thing, this mystique about a war situation. Mm. You'd be surprised if I tell you that even as people were dying, people were partying. Interesting. So it was like. They valued life every day. And when you have this value for life, you try to enjoy it when you see it. Mm. You do not postpone it. You do not begin to be philosophical about it. You will be just, okay, I have seen food. You don't know whether you are going to see the next one. So let me eat food. And even while you are eating it, you know you will enjoy it. Because you don't have uh, any option but to enjoy it. All right and then at any opportunity maybe the uh, baby was born there will be a patch <laughs> with pan wine some sort of uh, rustic food yeah <laughs> and they have what we call gramophone with a pot an i pot where we put the speaker interesting and people will start dancing and even while they are dancing, there could be a raid. Mm. Because aircrafts, military aircraft from federal side, were also involved in the fight. Mm. So everybody will run away. And just about 30 minutes when the siren goes, that the, the air is clear. They'll come back to patching again. <laughs> so you don't okay. begin to wonder what drove people at that time. Mm. It is the value of life. Hmm. because life, the more life has value for you, the more you try to make the best of the life you are giving at that moment because it could be taken away from you and that was something important to learn now the issue of how maybe the military, because I was like 15, 16 Hmm. and at a point they were recruiting you know, conscripting young people, whatever they see them. And each time they get me, for some reason, (laughs) I manage to uh, go away from them. In some cases, they will even say, I disappear. (laughs) But it's also taught me that when you make up your mind to survive, you'll be surprised how daring you could be.
1: Uh Wow. So I think oh, the like story that. is
0: about the daringness of Chumuigwe yeah. during the Civil War. Yeah. That is the way I look at it. I, I, that is the way I tell you people. Yes. But of course, you know, when I tell you I do put some uh, sugar into yeah. it so that you people could uh, call me a, a champion. <laughs> yeah. Most fathers do that. I know. And especially at grandfather's stage. There you go. They tell their grandchildren all sorts of stories. <laughs> How they fought uh, Lions and Tigers.
1: I love that. You know, and sometimes I always wonder if at all you ended up fighting during the war, how things might have been completely different, right? Um, Because I don't know, because just looking at you and you saying that, you know, you had that essence and that element of niceness that came from the North. And then it was balanced out, you know, by that doggedness, so to speak, that you might have developed from ABBA. You know, I really did wonder if you ended up fighting, if it was going to be what we see today. Would you even have met my mom? You know, would I even exist by now? So it's just very interesting to see that. Now, just speaking about, you know, all that happened during the war and you being able to survive, thankfully, I know that you then grew to pursue your education abroad. you know one of the um outstanding and you know fascinating things that I love about your story, daddy is how from a very young age, you were able to you know navigate your way through getting that education as well as being a huge contributor to your family as well and I see it and I sort of juxtapose it with what we are seeing today, right? Maybe a man that might have been your age, maybe 24, 25, and a man today that is 24, 25, the difference in their thinking. So I want to know from from your own, you know, description and experience, do you think that that sense of responsibility where you were able to, and you tell us a bit more about that, you getting your education, were you able to get that education abroad and all the contributions that you made, Did that strength in mind come from your survival of the war? Because I'm always trying to understand what that keen difference is between, you know, our father's generation and today. You know, the way they think, the way they behave, the way they see life in general. Was it the war, or were there other elements that, you know, gave you that sense of responsibility and that maturity?
0: That's a good question. I'll tell you something, all right. The the most important thing I can point to is the love of my parents. Mm. My parents loved me so much. I, I was the first child. I'm the, I'm the first child. Mm. And I'm the first son. But I remember growing up, the kind of things they sing to my ears oh, you, I will. Pay for your school fees to any point you want it. I will do this for you. I will do this for you. And even at that level, I was so pampered. Mm. I saw my mother as heaven. Uh, You know when people describe heaven, I see it in my mother. Wow. There was nothing she would not do for me. And my father is the same thing, but in a more withdrawn way my mother the thought of what I could do to make my mother happy drove my life Mm. the only time I ever challenged my mother in a very very serious way Mm. was the first time because you know growing up at that time girls don't visit you (laughs) <laughs> okay. you know these days you people have girlfriends and boyfriends you understand me <laughs> yes dad and once i was having a discussion with my father yeah. and i was saying that that person is my girlfriend he said what is that <laughs> you know no you know what? He, he, what did he say he said men and women are never friends Good. are you getting me I, I, yeah so and even now that is more confirmed because mm. now I believe that there are no friendship between boy and girl. <laughs> and if you watch uh, uh, Steve's program, okay, and he will also confirm it to you in in America. Uh, yeah, that when people say this is my bestie, <laughs> it is because the boy has not had an opportunity to go beyond that.
1: Fantastic, Daddy. Tell So, them. so
0: when. Uh, <laughs> My wife, your mother, mm-hmm. came in into a place I was, you know, uh, during my holidays, and my mother saw her. <laughs> it was like wow, your father seeing you smoking cigarette. Okay, are you getting me? Yeah. And my auntie was there, and they were about to make sure. I said, "Don't say anything. This is the girl I will marry." Oh. Oh. And everybody just kept quiet.
2: Wow. Love it.
0: And I I was now getting back to the UK. Yes. Um, my mother called me and said, this girl that we saw that day, Mm -hmm. can you give me the address of their home? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I gave that address. And you're a product of that, <laughs> that address, because as I went back to the UK,
2: yeah,
0: my mother found their house, okay, dragged everybody along, wow, then changed school for her,
1: oh wow,
0: so that she will come, and then, we'll, she will begin to train her,
1: wow,
0: you understand? And then before I could say Jack Robinson, <laughs> they had done the wine carrying. Without you. <laughs> I was alone. And then before you could know it, her passport and visa and I now came during the Christmas. <laughs> I think a year and a half later or something. And then went back with your mommy. Aww. So I, I can tell you who, who which mother would do all that? You yeah. know, because I said this is the person I will marry, and true. Like for all men, I believe that the very second you see your wife, you will know. Wow. So
1: Chico Miguel said so.
0: For something years later. Wow. My wife is still as young and as beautiful.
1: Aww. That's as so she has
0: always been.
1: That's so lovely.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: I love that. That's such a beautiful story, dad. Um I want to also know because I want to know what that effect was, you having a wife and, you know, carrying on with life. Um, what was the major difference for you? You know how sometimes when men are being advised, they would they, they would advise men at a certain age, you know, find yourself a wife, you know, settle down, you know, make you more focused. Would you say that that was the same for
0: you as well? Um, what, what difference? <laughs> no, you see, to everybody. Mm-hmm. She was at that time my wife. Yes, but to me, she was my girlfriend. <laughs> so even as we were married, yeah, uh, we were still having the kind of um, relationship mm-hmm. that you do not find in conven- uh, conventional husband and wife. Mm-hmm. Because we could stay in the in Glasgow. We could stay because it was very very cold. We could stay in a room, in the in the in the host uh, in the hostel, mm-hmm. married people's hostel, from Friday to Sunday, just gisting. Yeah, as and you then guys Monday. I, I'm sure you must have witnessed that of many course. a time. Yeah. <laughs> so it is not like uh, my wife, my husband. No, mm. no, no, no. It was never like that. It has not been like that. It is just somebody who is your friend. So you could, I could lie on the sofa. She sits down by my side, and we continue talking. Yes. And now, if you ask me what we talked about, I cannot really say, <laughs> but I could talk with her, I could flow with her. So my parents, everybody is my wife, my wife. But for me, it's she. So yeah, it she... Uh, So you it don't... wasn't like uh, now going to advise uh, people motivational speaking. Yeah. <laughs> T- taking telling people oh, you marry at this age. No, 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 no your mind will tell you the right time to marry Mm. because at the time you see the girl you want to marry nobody even within five minutes you can decide that this is it may eventually take up to one year to marry her Mm -hmm. or two years or three but you know at that point that this is the person you want to marry
1: Wow. and I believe that your son followed in your footsteps when he found his wife. Yeah. You know, we could not rest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but just uh, speaking, by the way, you know, growing up, I actually always thought that your name was Chu and mommy's name was Chi. Yeah, yeah. I didn't actually know that that was a nickname that you both had for each other. Um, so now you're in the UK, you're navigating life, you're in school. Um, I know mom was in school as well. Um, and then you got back to Nigeria First, I want to know why you moved back tonight, you know, because now what we see with the culture that we, we have in Nigeria is if you get the opportunities, to go abroad, go abroad and stay there. You know, we have the Jackman culture. You have people that are just looking for ways, you know, especially through education to go because they believe that that's the best, you know, way to build a life for yourself in a more stable economy and society. So why did you and mom move back? You know, why did you give birth to me in Nigeria?
0: <laughs> yeah, you see, you see, the thing is that it's also it's also somewhere along the line you will congratulate me for that. Okay. But what you would find out is that there is no place like Nigeria, absolutely. Mm. One of the most important values of life, huh? Eh? Or two, love and friendship. Interesting. You see. People are good. It's just that the conditions may have changed a lot. Yes. People are good. When you go to school in Nigeria, you have a lot of genuine friends. Mm. But when you go to school abroad, you will be lucky to find genuine friends because of sometimes the color distinction. Mm-hmm you are not able to penetrate the mind of the person who is your friend yeah. to know what, whether that friendship is out of mutuality or is out of, uh, or whether, whether the person is accepting you completely mm-hmm. or whether the person is patronizing you. Sure. And the English people have this kind of meaning that you cannot actually see into their mind. Mm. So you don't really know. I'll give you an example. Okay, I got into a, a restaurant and I wanted to eat. I was like number 10 in the queue. So normally you stay by the bar. When a table is available, they'll call you. But I noticed that when I came into that restaurant, after one person, they immediately called me. And I felt that was very nice mm-hmm. because there were nine persons or something yes. before me. Interesting. It was later that I realized that I am too colorful. Oh, wow. To attract customers for them. Huh? So they wanted wow. me to exit on time so that some people will not go back. Oh, and wow. when, I, when they gave me the table, they were serving me expressly. You know, what do you want? This one, this one. And they were doing it for you.
1: Wow, so you could quickly eat and leave.
0: Leave. Oh, that's horrible. So how would you... Many Nigerians would not understand that. Mm. But I did. So that is not my environment. In Nigeria, every restaurant that sees, hopefully, somebody like me will be appreciative of my presence. Yes. (laughs) So they will have positive vibes from my presence. Absolutely. But abroad, even if you are a billionaire, you are nothing. You're just a black man. Mm. Though things have started changing.
2: Absolutely.
0: But it wasn't like that in those days. And the issue about the Jabba something is that there is nothing like being in an environment that you are totally, completely accepted. Yes. It calls for stability of mind. A lot of people talk about depression and all those things. Yeah, depression is everywhere. But I think we have less cases of depression as compared with Europe and America. Because your grandmother is there and your grandmother is genuine to you. Mm -hmm. Your grandfather is genuine to you. Mm -hmm. You find aunties and and we are still a very tight, God-fearing, loving community. Absolutely. I want my children to have that appreciation. And when you people were in school, you know that one of my reasons is that if you are going back, you probably go back with a flight ticket. Yes. So that as soon as you drop your pen for any exam, you come home. Because home is where you have the phone. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Wow, I love that. Okay, so now you're back to, you know, Nigeria. How did, did you, did you already have in mind where you wanted to work? Because I, like I mentioned, you did your master's in communications and you got back to Nigeria, you were working in Nigerian breweries. Was that a target for you? You know, did you have in mind, because there are some people who right now, You know, as they are on their journey, their education journey or their career journey, they already have in mind, oh, maybe I want to work for one of the big fours or I want to work for a particular finance firm. They have that in mind. Did you have in mind, I would like to work for Nigerian breweries or a brewery or how did you come about that job when you got back to Nigeria? Absolutely. Okay.
0: Because, you see, when you are trained, you have to look for similar Establishments. Okay. Right? Establishments are are the the same statute with yourself. What I had to do was to shortlist the blue chip companies in Nigeria. And they were Nigerian breweries, maybe Shell, uh, NMPC and things like that. And I went for them. Or at least two of them. Okay. And I was very lucky to come out um, accepted by the best of all of them, yeah. which is Nigerian Brews. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, uh, of course, it is it is normal for people to praise their um, alma mater. Absolutely. So to say, but uh, I think Nigerian Brews was the best. Okay. Because they gave the best training and created its, uh, the fast-growing consumer goods company, fast-moving. Mm-hmm. And um, it did great things in Nigeria, and it's still doing. Yes. So I was glad to be in Nigerian breweries, And it gave me a great opportunity to express myself as a manager.
1: I like that because um, I remember, you know, you're a, you like to call yourself a communications guy, communications mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. And I, I recall when I was, you know, much younger where there were several innovative ideas that I know that in your leadership you came up with, particularly the, I don't know if it was called the Star Mega Jam, the one where you were getting like all these um, musicians to Nigeria. Because I remember that, that, that was where I met Awilo. I can't
2: remember how old
1: I was at the time, you know, so, so, you know, something like that at the time, I don't recall that any other company was doing that. Uh, but I know that that was something that caused Nigerian breweries to stand out at the time. I want to know, you know, being a part of the team that brought that to life in itself, you know, what was your inspiration behind that? Um, what was the innovation behind that? Why did you think that that was what the Nigerian entertainment scene needed at the time?
0: Yeah, when, when it came to, okay, let me, because we were specific about Mega Jam. Yes. Mega Jam was actually the baby of the Denstar brand manager. Okay. Martin, right? oh. But I was in the, uh, the team, you know, from the sales angle that cooperated in order to uh, make it very successful. Absolutely. But moving further from that, uh, I was mostly responsible for a lot of musical events. Absolutely. In Quantum, more than any other person (laughs) in Nigerian (laughs) Bruce. But for the Mega Jam, Martin Anyang was the lead. Okay. eh? and what he did with that brand was fantastic because he was able to use music to drive it in a way that established the internationalness mm. of star you know because he was but on overall all brand's level absolutely yeah the the trade marketing because i was trade marketing manager then uh did quite a lot, and we worked in a team. So it's not something you come and say, I was a person responsible Mm, for this. No. I like that. Because whatever that was done was done by the team. Absolutely. But I was a prominent member of the team.
1: I love that. Um, So I, I want to also know because, you know, now I'm speaking about teamwork and, you know, your colleagues and the relationship that you may have had. I want to know how you were able to navigate this thing called office politics. Right. Um, The reason why I'm asking is getting into this industry that I, I am in, which is part of the communications industry, which is a bit more informal, as I thought at the time. I just assume that, you know, industries like mine things like office politics will only exist in the corporate world obviously i was i was very wrong but i know that any time that i ever had issues or i was trying to navigate something or i was a bit confused about something you were the best person to come and meet you know even when i would talk to you to my mom she'd say go and talk to your dad you know he understands all these things so we always everyone in fact all your children is you that we come to meet and you just always have you know the right advice to give that wolf. always like 99.9 percent of the time it works Right, so I want to know how you know that was for you working in Nigerian breweries. How you were able to navigate the dynamics of corporate Nigeria at the time, you rising to the top as well.
0: Yeah, okay. Uh, one, you know, having a common understanding of what office politics means is important mm-hmm. for this kind of conversation. Office politics is when you relate with people in your office with within a platform of political intentions or agenda
2: hmm.
0: this you you relate with your colleagues yeah. you relate with your bosses you yeah. relate with your subordinates subordinate, yes. but when there is political undertone hmm. people trying to gain advantage over the other persons through some sort of um, um, uh, tailored or managed communication. Mm -hmm. That is my idea of office politics. Mm. So that what he's saying to you should be interpreted with the intention he has. Yes. So you have to decode the intention of the person. Absolutely. In order to relate to him in a way that will not destroy you. Mm. In Nigerian Brews, you know, we, we we are very lucky. What we sell is some people call say we sell beer. Yeah. But we sell friendship and happiness.
1: Interesting.
0: And the what it means is that when you see two men, eh, and they are backslapping each other, what is the next thing they will do? Let's go and share one bottle. Yes, a bottle. So in Nigerian Bruce we have the, the last floor, where we have a superb bar. So we close from work and go to the last floor. And by the time you start sharing friendship yes. with your colleagues, whatever tension that must have been created in your efforts to make things good will dissipate. Yes. So you now leave the bar back slapping each other. Mm-hmm. Eh? And tomorrow is another day. Absolutely. So that is why we're able to manage our own. But if you were working in an establishment where the the high power, or you are not able to ventilate, mm. or ventilate wrongly, whatever must have occurred, and you take your bag and again, they can go home. You might even transmit the office problem or challenges Mm. to your family
1: absolutely
0: but we have a halfway house which is the bar (laughs) and then the bar allows you to cool off absolutely so we're able to do it and still remain friends
2: Mm.
0: Yeah,
1: i love that i love that very much all right so dad because i i want us there's so much to talk about but we are running out of time Um, So yes, your lifetime, your life in in, um, Nigerian breweries, which was very brilliant. I believe that that was a place that I learned, you know, my work ethic. You know, people talk about the way I work in general. I just always think about, well, I saw my father every day. I knew how he was very passionate about his job. He would always share with us, you know, some of the lessons that he's, you know, happened to learn, you know, during his journey. So that's something that I just thought was very remarkable and outstanding for us all in the family. And you finally retired and you retired with a good name. You know, Um, you know how the Bible says that a good name is better than riches. And the reason why I have to lay emphasis on that was anytime that I bring up your name, anytime, when people find out that I am your daughter, it, it turns into like... A, a, I don't even know a moment of accolades for like, and in my mind, I'm just like, well, I'm not Chumai. I am his daughter, but I'm not him. But but it's something that I believe um has been a legacy for us as a family as well. Um, it's something that makes us proud as your children, Mm -hmm. where we know that to Any time we mention his name, people would have amazing things to say. I want to know how you were able to ensure that you maintained a good name in general in your life.
0: I think one thing is that uh, that has a lot to do with people's background. Hmm. If you grow up in the midst of love, home love particularly, whether mother, father, wife, children, it tends to uh, reflect the way you relate to people. Yes. If somebody comes to you for a support he is not coming to you to force you for help he is coming to you because you are blessed to be in a position
1: absolutely
0: that could render that help within acceptable you know platform mm-hmm. if you cannot or you feel you should not you must talk and relate to that person with respect. Hmm. What hurts people is when you take their dignity away from them. Wow. So do not disrespect people. Do not take their dignity away. Even if you have to say no, say no in such a way that the person will appreciate the fact that what he's asking for, you are not in a position to
1: do it. Absolutely.
0: And even when you are doing it, you are doing it with happiness. You'll be cheerful about it and you'll be good hearted about it. So that is the appreciation. Remember, like when I was in Nigerian breweries, there are certain things I could do because of my position to support people. Mm -hmm. And it wouldn't be against company policy. Absolutely. But some people may deliberately withhold it. Just because that is the way they are. Mm. Why would hold it? It is there for a purpose. And when you pose it is meant, people will come happy. Mm. So I believe that if there are people who appreciated me for my time there, it's because I treated them with respect. That is wow. what I hope. Yeah.
1: I love that. That that's amazing. Um with where you are right now, you know, I did mention that you had started a consultancy firm of which is very much thriving with your, you know, colleagues from, you know, Nigerian breweries and you became an elder in church because I know that mm. your faith has been very pivotal um, in, in ensuring that it's one of the principles that guide the way you live your mm. life. Do you have any regrets?
0: that I could I could have done more
1: okay
0: That I could have done more because there are opportunities one missed Hmm. going through this part that if I had opportunity if I had the opportunity to do it again I probably correct them Hmm. because One of the most moving moments of the past two or three years was the burial of Queen Elizabeth.
2: Mm.
0: I learned so much watching that burial on TV. At that moment when she was about to be let down Mm. and they literally started disrobing her, so to say removing the scepter, removing the crown, removing this, remove and finally address her as Elizabeth. Wow. So in the final moments of this life, whatever paraphernalia of power of or success you have will be removed from the person. And the only thing left would be just a shroud covering your dignity. Hmm. And the person will be let down. At that point, you can never be anything again. And you are only left with your story. So for us, what would that story be? What would that story be? What would they say about you? Because for everybody on earth, it has to happen. Hmm. You corner all the billions in this world, mm-hmm. you will leave it, and you can never know in whose hands those billions will fall into. There was a story I don't know whether I tell you because, of course, uh, sometimes we don't converse in those details. <laughs> okay, Dad. Yeah, but we are, I don't know which billionaire, so that I don't quote the wrong name. But the billionaire and the wife, Mm -hmm. the billionaire died Mm. and left all the money for the wife. And the driver married the wife. (laughs) Okay. And what the driver said was that he didn't know all the time he was driving the billionaire that the billionaire was actually working for him
1: interesting because now he's inherited everything so he was working hard to store start up the wealth so that's
0: was... you yes
1: <sighs> that is so funny so what does it tell you uh, it
0: tells you that you don't you don't really know mm-hmm. the money you are sweating and killing and doing all those things about yes you don't know who you are working for because it's only when the person is gone and the money ends up finally somewhere that's when you know who truly owns that money <laughs> I love that
1: all right, Dad. I, I mean, I, I believe this is a brilliant way to end this conversation. We can go on and on because there's just so much. And I know that you have shared with us even more than seven things that you've learned in your 70 years. You know, you've lived such a full life so far and we're looking forward to the many more years that we get to spend with you. But I've I've received a couple of messages from the from the listeners. I'm just going to pick a few because I can't, oh my goodness, I can't read everything. But here's someone asking... Um, If you please ask your dad his views on politics and economy of Nigeria. That is going to be another... uh, In fact, not even an episode. It's going to be a series. Because my father is, you know, quite vocal when it comes to that regard. So, maybe not talk about politics and economics, dad. Okay, thanks. Um, This is coming from... Okay, so this is coming from Melissa saying, happy birthday, Chief Igwe. many more years, sir. And this is coming from Alyssa saying, if you please help me ask your dad if he wants to adopt an adult son. <laughs> and he said, uh, finally, thank you, daddy, for blessing us with our radio butterfly. If he, God bless you, sir. Thank you very much. This is another person saying Oh my, that my dad is handsome. Of course. Of course oh. he is. Thank you. For that compliment. He knows that he's handsome. You he need to see his pictures from back in the day as well with your fro. Why did you why did you get rid of your afro dad?
0: Okay, the afro. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was something of the season. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, so you're going with the trends? Yes,
1: yes,
2: yes. Yes. <laughs> I
1: love that. Uh this is coming from a listener saying happy birthday to you as well. So we have a lot of happy birthdays, daddy, by the way. So I'll just do a general happy birthday to you. And, um, Joda is saying that his wife's birthday is also today. Um, guys, thank you so much for your, oof, for your messages. Another person is saying that you are an absolutely interesting human, dad. God bless you and preserve you for many more years. Amen. This is coming from a listener saying only legends are born in July. Thank you very much. Um, And someone else is saying, may his labor of love never be in vain. Happy birthday to you. Amen. Amen. I I, I appreciate all your, you know, goodwill messages. All right. So, Daddy, on a final note, you know, um, I want to know what parting words you're going to leave with people who are listening. Um, You've spoken so brilliantly. And I'm not surprised because, obviously, I've heard a lot of your stories. And it's one of the things that actually... um, inspires me you know to want to attain a whole lot of um success in my lifetime um so what parting words would you you know give to people that are listening
0: yeah the first is that uh my my baby you know you are the baby of (laughs) yes dad i'm so very very proud of you
1: thanks daddy
0: and uh I hope you will always remember that. And you know that I love my children. Yes, daddy. I love them seriously, seriously. Yes, I, do. I can never really have a conversation without mentioning my kids. Mm. So one one of the messages that to my wife and children mm. I have all the love in the world for them. And the reward of my existence is that any opportunity I have and I do something and I see you smile and I see your sibling's smile, it fulfills me. Because that is one purpose that I can never leave. Oh. All right. So that is that. And then for the young people in Nigeria, the most important thing for a young person, and I also said this to the parents who are listening you must always give young people hope. Hmm. Hope is the most important attribute, value, which you owe your children. Because if you go through your life as a father and you recount all the failures, all the missteps Hmm. that you have taken, And that many, many years later, you are still standing. You are still strong. And you are... You have enough life to continue to move. Mm. You pass that message to your children. However difficult it is, however bad it is, Mm. have hope. Have hope because tomorrow will surely be better. If anybody had told those people at the gate in one of the books in the Bible that today there is famine but tomorrow there will be abundance. They will never agree. Mm. And a lot of people will die because they do not see hope. Wow. As you go home now Today, you know that there will be food in the house. Yes. So however hungry you are now, you will not really feel pain. Yes. Because you know there will be food waiting for you in the house. Mm. But if there is no food waiting for you in the house, the hunger you feel will be so terrible. Mm -hmm. And that is fueled by hopelessness. Yes. So let us give our children hope, wherever they are wow that's it
1: thank you so much daddy um i mean what can i say i'm so excited um like i did mention it it would always be an honor to you know call you my father and thank you so much for making us proud and thank you for giving us such a great name that will serve as a legacy that we will hope to live up to so that we can live it for our children and our children's children yet unborn. So thank you so much, Daddy. God bless you. All right, everyone, it is 33 minutes past 1 p.m. Um, uh, I guess this is where we're going to call it a day on conversations with my father. Hopefully, I get to have him back on another day if he agrees. Thank you so much for your kind words. Well, Dad, there's so many calls. Dad, you know what? I'm just going because I did promise that I was going to let them, you know, call him. But I completely forgot I got carried away by this conversation. Lagos Talks, good afternoon. Who's speaking? Thank
3: God. Thank God. This is fast. Daddy, Daddy, God, God bless you for coming. Happy birthday! Wish thank you many more years in the land of the living. Your you efforts will never be wasted in Jesus' name. Amen. Everything that you have said today, we will learn and we'll put them in practice in Jesus' name. Amen. The person you have just given birth to is an exceptional person. We love her so much, <laughs> and everything that you have bestowed on her will never be wasted in Jesus' name. Amen. I will not ask. I wanted to ask a question, but because of time, I will not ask you. But I'm angry dc did not give us enough time to ask i'm question. so sorry and they started late <laughs> and it is too short it is too short of time to, to have a Oh yeah, ask, ask, your, ask your
1: question i will just give you just okay. a few minutes ask your question okay Daddy. please
3: where did we get it wrong as nigerians which decade which era is it before the independence? is it during the war is it after the war is it 70s or 90s where did we get it wrong and what is that, what would you us to do now in order to change for the better
0: we want to have you again, Daddy. Please, please, you, you promise us you come
1: again, Daddy. Please, <laughs> God me. bless you, sir. What, what, Where did I get what? So, he, he, is, he is saying, Where did we get things wrong as Nigerians? You know, what generation? So, this is going back to politics. Wow, this is my dad's birthday. Yeah. Let's stay away from politics. Maybe on another day when he comes as, um, when he comes as who as a, an, an analyst. that be what. <laughs> Let's take this one. Just good afternoon. Good afternoon, who's speaking? Nah, I think a joke. Mm, Evuka. Hey, All right, let's hear from you.
3: Yeah, uh good afternoon, sir. Happy birthday, long letter and prosperity. Um and listening to you.
1: Oof. Evuka, give us a call back.
0: Please turn off your radio. Good
1: afternoon,
0: Good afternoon.
3: Good uh, today the, best, the greatest message in my life.
2: Wow! Uh,
3: well, well, if he, if he's my big, uh, big fan. We love us so much. <laughs> Thank so you. Even before you came, I know that he had a fantastic parents, wonderful parents. Uh, and he had a great man, a great dad.
2: Thank you. I'm Not only
3: he's daddy, but he's also today a daddy to of. Listeners of Lagos Talks because I've learned a very big blessing
1: for you. You are a God-fearing man. You are a matured man. You are a loving man. You feel so loving. Thank you. God will bless you. God and preserve you, bless you.
4: Bless you. so many years. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen.
3: You will be celebrated by your
1: great-grandchildren. Amen. 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 I'm All right. Yes. Thank you so much. You're so kind. Lagos Talks, good afternoon.
3: Hello. Hello. I'm here today. I'm glad you see your here from My baby, i will calling you happy birthday, happy birthday, thank you. I'm glad to be your voice. I am so glad I'm so happy. My day is made and my father died on the but today I'm wow. so happy having you as a father. And this be the if you have Amen. I feel happy. Long
2: life, yeah.
3: bless you. I'm from a blessed day. And when you talk about that, so, yeah, I feel wow. happy,
1: yeah. said, do You look to see your children. Amen. You to Amen. Day. So happy Amen. for you to see your children. Oh, I am Chichi, by the way. Chichi, thank you so much. <laughs> You're so kind. Daddy, someone <laughs> Someone asked, what, what kind of husband do you want for Ify? Do you want to answer that?
0: I want, I, I want the kind of husband that she wants.
1: Oh, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a political answer, but I like it. Daddy, Thanks, Daddy. Um, dad, someone is saying that you need to put all this in a book. My dad is an author as well, by the way, because I know that you know he's he's an author. So that's definitely a project you need to work on, Dad. Yeah, you need to put that, all of that, in a book. Um, this is from Olawale saying, hearing the voice of the great man that birthed Diffunaya. God bless you, sir, for giving her to us more glorious years um, in divine health. Amen. <coughs> Hello? Lego strokes? All right, guys, so let's just wrap up because if not, we will keep calling. All right, thank you so much once again, and I really appreciate you. Thank you for honoring my father, guys. Thanks for the love, for the blessings, for the prayers. God bless you, and may God celebrate you and your family as well. All right, Daddy, thank you so much. We're going to do like some pictures and a special number. number. Okay, Paula, do you want to sing the special number? Guys,
4: good afternoon, everyone. We're going to sing Happy Birthday (laughs) to. A national father right now. He's no longer (laughs) Ifanaya's father. Ifanaya is an amazing person. We can see how that rubbed off on her. Because her parents are amazing. And... We're thankful. I'm happy I met Ifunaya. Ifunaya has taken me under her wings. Though I might be bigger than them, I mean, inside, but she's taken me under her wings. She's amazing. She's loving. She's very beautiful and extremely intelligent. And Aww, I can see that father. you already set the pace for her, mm. and she would carry. She would carry the baton. She will hold that torch and make it to the finish line. So everyone, let's sing Happy Birthday for Father, Daddy. <laughs> I was saying Papa but now he's Daddy. daddy. So let's sing Happy Birthday. For for daddy one two ready go happy, happy, birthday birthday <laughs> happy birthday to you
2: happy birthday to you happy birthday happy birthday, birthday. <laughs> happy birthday to, to-